Hey there, welcome again to my channel. Uh, so glad you could join me today. We're going to be talking about uh, wormwood prophecy and what the Bible says in the book of Revelation about the fall of false religion. This is actually part two of a series. Last time we talked about chapter 17 in the book of Revelation. Today we're talking about we're talking about chapter 18 in the book of Revelation. And so we're going to learn about the fall of Babylon. Before we get into all that, I just want to say thank you for joining me today. If you're new, please hit that bell, that subscribe button, that like, and uh, that way you can get more content as I put more out. We thank you for all those that support the ministry. If you don't support the ministry, you can do so by going to thomastaylorministries.org, thomastaylorministries.org. Scroll down to the bottom, hit the donate button, and that helps me produce these videos for you to keep you up to date on what is going on concerning uh, end-time prophecy, what the Bible teaches, and Wormwood, the prophecy concerning the asteroid that is coming to strike the earth. And that could be happening very, very soon. So I try to stay up to date on all the things going on up there in the skies as well. Uh, so stay tuned. Let's go ahead and just jump right into it. Let's go into a little bit of what I found on the Wormwood prophecy. And it's coming up here in a minute. There we go. There we go. So we invite you to visit the website. It looks kind of like this. It's called Wormwood. Uh, asteroid.com wormwoodasteroid.com and there you can keep up with all some of the well a lot of the events that are happening out there in the skies as as the, the telescopes are are zoomed in and watching the asteroids out there and so there's a lot of media content coming out by nasa and various news agencies and so i'm going to read to you a little bit of an article today uh, called nasa asteroid revelation how an overlooked small detail could lead to Earth impact. And this was put out, I think, a couple years ago, actually. But I want to read it because it's, it pertains to uh, Apophis or Apophis, however you want to pr pronounce it. But that is an asteroid that's, that's coming closer than any in the end that, that we've ever known that's a big asteroid. In fact, it's coming so close that it'll be closer than the satellites that that surround our Earth. And, well, I look at that asteroid as a very good potential for the one that the Bible uh, prophesizes coming in the book of Revelation. And you can read about that in Revelation chapters 8 and 9, where it talks about the, imp the impact of the asteroid and what's going to happen. And so I'm always looking out for the prophecy to be fulfilled. I, I believe that that many governments of the world, particularly those with space programs, like ours. We started our own uh, NASA, of course, but now we have Space Force in America. But things like that were started, uh, particularly Space Force, and a lot of what's going on out there is started because they see potential hazard hazards out there in space. And so they're trying to find a way to mitigate the impact. And I think because they say they have 95% of the asteroids cataloged and they're tracking them, that they very well probably see the one that's prophesied in the Bible. And they just haven't told us about it because they're the ones that claim they already see most of them. And so that lets me think maybe they know about it and maybe they're putting some things into motion to defend the planet. And as you start to read and study what a lot of the 
space agencies are doing, you're finding out that that's exactly what's happening. They're sending uh, satellites into space to look at other asteroids and they're impacting them and they're hitting them and they're doing tests and watching and taking pictures. And, and so they're trying to come up with plans to mitigate an asteroid strike. And, and there's a lot of things in motion all around the world. But it's uh, all of these right now are saying, no, at this point, there's no danger of being hit by an asteroid. Um, but the fact is they don't really know at best. Uh, or they do know, and they're just not, they're not going to say just yet <laughs> until at least until they get a good plan. So anyway, let me read this article. Uh, so this is, asteroids are small rocky bodies that usually sit in the inner solar system orbiting the sun. And there are millions of them flying around space. And their collisions, known as impact events, have played a significant role in shaping many planets. Apophis 99942 is a 370-meter-wide near-Earth orbit space rock that continues to pose a destructive threat. All right, so its initial observations from the space agency in 2004 revealed a probability of 2.7% that it could strike the Earth in 2029. Now, I want you to pay attention to this. This is this is incredibly close that it's going to come to our planet in 2029. But watch what this this article does. In fact, if you read anything about Apophis, it says it's going to come close in 2029. But then they shift the focus to a different time. But they never actually explain why it's not going to hit us in 2029. So anyway, it says here concerns were heightened after the probability significantly raised by the end of 2004, setting the record on the Torino impact scale for a level four threat. However, it was revealed during Amazon Prime's Steps to the Future how these fears were soon put to bed. Uh, I watched Amazon. You can check it out on um, Tubi right now for free. Steps to the Future. It's the second episode and it talks about Apophis. It doesn't say anything like that at all. It doesn't say how they arrived at the conclusion that in 2029 it wasn't going to hit us. They did the same thing that everybody else does. They say, um, if it passes through a keyhole in 2029, it will hit us in 2036. But if it doesn't, then we're safe. And they shift the subject to 2036. Hold on. Why isn't it going to hit us in 2029 when it's actually going to be incredibly close to us? Nobody's ever explained that. Not this program that they're citing here or anything I've ever seen. In other words, everybody thought it was going to hit us. Then one day they decided it's not. But nobody's put out any information to explain why they changed their mind. If you can find me something, let me know. But nobody's ever put anything out. So I, I think Apophis is a very dangerous asteroid that could fulfill the prophecy of the Wormwood prophecy in the book of uh, Revelation. It says here, the following year, the, the alarm was lifted. New observations show that Apophis is going to miss Earth by 32,000 kilometers, so we relaxed. But maybe we were wrong, he says. I've seen other estimates that say as close as 19,000 kilometers. This one says 32. I've seen others that say 24,000 kilometers. It doesn't matter. That's incredibly close, and they're not that precise at measuring asteroid trajectories. So, and they, of course, they wouldn't tell anybody that. 
because they don't even know if it's going to hit this supposed keyhole, which is a 600 meter place in space that if it hits it, it could come around and hit us again in the future. So they don't really know. They're not, they're not that precise. But let me keep reading. So the series reveals how scientists at the French Riviera Observatory in Nice spotted something unique about Apophis. Patrick Michel, Michel, one of the leading asteroid specialists in Europe, detailed what his team spotted. He said, in 2010, we missed a small detail. It's called a keyhole. Here, I drew the Earth. And then he's got a, the Earth in the center of uh, the moon's revolutions around the Earth. And then Apophis passes through right next to the Earth. So, and he talks about a, a keyhole. And Apophis is going to pass 32,000 kilometers away. A distance from Earth to the moon is 400,000 kilometers away. The smallest detail that we're forgetting is that there's a little zone of uncertainty 600 meters wide, which Apophis might go through. So if they can't tell that it's going to hit this keyhole, they sure can't tell if, if it's going to hit Earth. If Apophis goes through it, it will crash into the Earth in 2036. Otherwise, it will miss the Earth by several million kilometers. Wow. That's quite the distance, or quite a, quite a, a difference, I should say. Okay, until early 2006, the possibility remained that Apophis could hit Earth in 2036. The possibility kept it at a level 1 on the Torino Impact Hazard Scale until August of 2006, when the probability that Apophis would pass through the keyhole was determined to be very small, and Apophis's rating on the Torino Scale was lowered to zero. By 2008, the keyhole had been determined to be less than 620 meters wide, and NASA reaffirmed the chance of Apophis impacting the Earth in 2036 as being 1 in 45,000. Preliminary observations by Goldstone Radar in January 2013 effectively ruled out the possibility of an Earth impact by Apophis in 2036, but detailed future impacts in 2068 has a 1 in 150,000 chance. That's kind of like a guy who says, uh, and a, a detective asks the man a question. Did you kill Harvey Friday, September the 13th? And the man goes, no, I did not kill Harvey on Friday, September the 13th. He answered the question truthfully. It's misdirection. He killed him on Thursday, the, the 12th. But that's kind of what's happening here. It's not going to hit us in 2036. It's not going to hit us in 2036. But what about 2029, when it's actually going to come close to us? So that's what all the articles are doing. And every, every month, all these articles keep coming out by all the different agencies saying, it's not going to hit us in 2036. Well, great, because by then it's too late. We've already been hit, is what I'm afraid of. But it might not be a prophecy. We don't know for certain which one is the Wormwood Asteroid Prophecy. That's going to be fulfilled. But nonetheless, go ahead and let's get into our Bible study today. We're going to be talking about uh, Revelation chapter 18. But first, I want to start off in Revelation chapter 17. That kind of sets up what's going on. So we have John, who's having a vision of the future of the end time. He's on the island of Patmos and takes God takes him to the future. And he sees all these end times events and he writes them down. But in the middle of having this this epiphany about the future of what's going to happen in the end time, God then gives them a vision within this moment of time 
which takes him back and helps John understand the beginning of false religion. Not the very, very beginning, but how false religion has started to take seed in the earth. And so uh, let me read a little bit of this. It says in Revelation chapter 17, verse 4 and 5, he has a symbolic uh, a vision that has a lot of symbology in it. And we'll see that here. There was a woman clothed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and of the unclean things of her immorality. And on her forehead, a name was written, Mystery. Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. This is uh, mystery Babylon, not just Babylon. It's mystery Babylon. So we're not talking about, uh, I don't think, an earthly city. John is going back in time. And so what he's seeing here is this woman sitting on this this beast this scarlet beast with seven heads which is really bizarre so that proves that it is a a symbol uh, but it's not just any woman it's a whore or a harlot and she represents well babylon what babylon represented what did babylon represent well you go back to the tower of babel and we'll talk about that in a moment and what was the tower of babel erected for well it was erected so that that man could defy god's judgment so that man could create his own religions. And so all religions, all false religions come out or sprung out of this Tower of Babel. And the false religions were spread throughout the whole earth. And so when we talk about Babylon, the, the essence of it is talking about false religion. Um, going back to the Tower of Babel. So, but this is mystery Babylon. And so what has started in the Tower of Babel will arise in the final days, in the last days, as all the false religions that we see. And uh, I think we're in the, fall, the last days today. So the false religions are here in the earth today. And so Mystery Babylon uh, is, is, is the mother of all these false religions. And she's the mother. That means she has daughters. And so those are the actual false religions that we see throughout the whole earth. And God describes them as an abomination. Why is it an abomination? Well, if you go back to the Tower of Babel, man was exalting himself to a place of deity. Nimrod built this city, and it was basically to to have a godless city. He was very rich. The city, the people came together, and they be, they were very rich to build this mighty city and this, this ziggurat tower so that they could study the zodiac astrology and occultic signs and, and things so they could basically have a communion and a portal to commune with Satan or Lucifer. And so this was an abomination because obviously you're rejecting God as being God and you're exalting creation or Lucifer or deifying mankind. And so that's exactly what's going to happen in the last days. Uh, the Bible says the Antichrist is going to call himself God. And the false prophet is going to have all the world worship him as God. Or if not the man or the, the uh, world government. So the, the man and or the world government, the idea is that they are trying to create a system in which Mankind must worship him to save us. To save us from what? To save us from God's judgment. 
they're not concerned about salvation the way a Christian is concerned about salvation. We're concerned about salvation from sin and death. The salvation for the sinner, for someone that hates God, who's, who's an agnostic, atheist, or all these other false religions, they're trying to be saved from their judgment of God. What is the judgment of God? Well, it's the wormwood asteroid striking the earth. Like in the Tower of Babel, they thought that they could build a tower that was waterproof so that, you know, they had just come out of the flood uh, like a hundred years or so prior. So they thought they could build a tower and they could have communion, occultic communion with spirits that'll help them avoid the judgment of God if God floods the earth again. A waterproof tower. But God said he wasn't going to judge the earth with water. Next time he's going to judge it with fire. Nonetheless, the same concept is going to be true. The, the Antichrist is going to basically create a world government that's going to shake its fist at God and say, we're going to defy you. We are going to escape your judgment. We're going to make that asteroid go off course. We're going to hit it with something, with nukes or impactors or, or you know, whatever they can come up with. Uh, and of course, it doesn't matter what they think they can do. The Bible says that this, the asteroid strikes the earth in Revelation chapter 8. You can read it for yourself. It's going to strike the earth and it has a devastating effect on the earth, on mankind. About 2 billion people will die once all everything's done, by the time it's all done. And, it, and so... Um, it's an abomination in the earth because it, it tries to say God is not God and man is God. That's the abomination. And that's, that's a horrible, horrible abomination that a uh, false religion teaches today. A lot of the new age religions teach this. So we have, in fact, here's uh, an image of the Tower of Babel. And <laughs> excuse me, I'll read that out of Genesis, Genesis 11. Verse 2, it says, And it came about as they journeyed east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there and said one to, one to another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they used the bricks for stone and used tar for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build for ourselves a city and a tower whose tops will reach into heaven. It actually is a translation that says it's a gate to heaven. Now, they didn't think that they could actually build all the way up to the to heaven or to the stars. That's, they're not dumb people. That's not what they were doing. They were trying to create a spiritual portal to have communion with Lucifer, whom they think, and people today think, is the real God, who is the good God. Lucifer is the good guy. But if you know your Bible, you know that's not true. Verse 4 says, So they said, Come, let us build for ourselves a city and a tower whose top will reach into heaven, and let us make for ourselves a name. And that's what man does. He's full of pride and wants to make a name for himself. Otherwise, we will be scattered abroad over the face of the earth. Well, God told them to, to after they got out of the boat, you know, Noah, go throughout the whole earth and be scattered and, and go. And they didn't want to scatter. They didn't want to spread out. They wanted to come together, create a city, and fight God in case he pours out his judgment again. So they don't want to be scattered. And so God came down, if you know the story, and forced them to scatter, making all these languages because they all had one language and then mankind was scattered and they all developed different languages. And uh, that's why it's called Babel, which means confusion. So I don't know if you've seen lately, we've 
we've had COP26, which is all the world, all the world leaders coming together to give these big speeches and grand speeches of how they're going to fight climate change and COVID and different things like that. And of course, they're all preaching the same thing that we have world crisis now. Um, and so we get, need to come together and create a world government. We have to, we have to, you know, bind together and, and, uh, so. And once you start getting into this mentality that there's a world crisis coming, whether it's climate change or COVID or an asteroid, which is a world crisis, people will start to get on board with this this mentality because it makes sense. Oh, we have to bring together all the nations of the world and unite as one to uh, mitigate the the crises that are ahead of us uh, on the planet. And so uh, COP26 was a great example of that, COP26. And I'm going <laughs> to, it's, it's interesting that this was a image, I think it was out of the London Times or something like that, but that's exactly what they're doing. They're creating a Tower of Babel, uniting the world again. A godless society is what they're trying to create, a world without God. But this is, this is really a modern day Tower of Babel. This is the United Nations building. Um, I think it's in Brussels. The United Nations is really the world government. A, a version of it is the world government that the Bible prophesies is coming. Um, and it's interesting that it's built to look like the Tower of Babel. I do want to read one speech out of COP, uh, COP26. And this is Prince Charles. And this speech is one of the scariest speeches I've ever read. Uh, it is the most antichrist one of the most Antichrist speeches I have ever heard. I'm not saying he's the Antichrist. I, I think he's a subject of the Antichrist, whether knowingly or unknowingly, I'm not sure. But this is the kind of speech that the Antichrist would give. Again, I don't think he's the Antichrist, but he could be one of the 10 kings that works for the Antichrist. He, this is what Prince Charles said. Climate change and biodiversity loss are no different. In fact, they pose an even greater existential threat to the extent that we have put ourselves on what might be called a warlike footing. Notice that language, warlike footing. He goes on to say later, we also know that countries, many of whom are burdened by growing levels of debt, simply cannot afford to go green. Here, we need a vast military-style campaign to marshal the strength of the global private sector with trillions at his disposal far beyond global GDP and with the greatest respect beyond even the governments of the world's leaders. Number one, he talks about here a military-style campaign to marshal the strength of the global private sector. He's talking about fascism. When you bring in government working with the private sector businesses, government working hand in hand with your Googles and Amazons and Microsofts and Facebooks. But he's talking about a warlike footing. He's talking about military style campaigns. <laughs> this is the definition of fascism. And that's exactly what's going to happen. The big tech government and the big tech and government are in bed now, and they're going to continue to stay in bed um, to try to control the populace. But then it talks about trillions at his disposal. 
Who's his? He never gave an explanation of who his is. Is he already pronouncing giving trillions to the Antichrist? Who is this his person that he never explains who his is? So you can check that out. Uh, check uh, Prince Charles's speech at COP26. And it's, it's one of the scariest speeches I've ever heard. But they are trying to create the new Babylon. Of course, sometimes it goes by a lot of names. Uh, but the Bible calls it Mystery Babylon to be created in the last days. And so we're going to get into this. We're going to get into what the Bible says about this. And so let's go ahead and start reading in Revelation chapter 18. I'm going to start reading at verse 2. And it says, And he cried out with a mighty voice, saying, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a dwelling place of demons and a prison of every unclean spirit and a prison of every unclean and hateful bird. All right. I believe that Babylon is, is not a literal city on earth. Let me start with that. And some of the language here implies that. We're talking about places where demons live and a place where unclean spirits live and a prison for uh, unclean and hateful birds, which could also be a reference to demonic powers. So I believe Babylon is not a literal city on earth. I'll prove that as we as we go forward. And then verse 3, it says, For all the nations have drunk the wine of the passion of her immorality, and the kings of the earth have committed acts of immorality with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich by the wealth of her sensuality. So everyone's trying to figure out, well, who is Mystery Babylon? And people have this idea and that idea. What we can do is just use the language of the Bible to define what Mystery Babylon is. Uh, it says she sits on many waters. Well, waters means peoples. It means multitudes. It means nations. And it means tongues. That's in Revelation chapter 17, verse 1. It says Mystery Babylon entices the kings of the earth. That's Revelation 17, 2. And right here, we just read it. She makes the inhabitants of the earth drunk with her fornication. Well, fornication, if you go back to the Old Testament, a lot of times is referring to a spiritual fornication called idolatry. It is to reject God as being God and give glory to, you know, idols, giving glory that belongs to God to the works of man's hands. And so they get drunk with spiritual fornication. She enriches the merchants of the earth. It says in verse three, uh, she enriches kings. It says in Revelation 18, nine, she attacks and or murders the prophets of God in Revelation 19, two, and she corrupts the world with her spiritual fornication. Also 19 verse two. So again, I believe Babylon to be a spiritual city. In other words, you know, realize that there's physical cities and then there is in, in the unseen realm of the spirit, there's also cities that sit right above the whole planet Earth. Just kind of like there's another Earth that sits uh, larger than our Earth, only it's in the spirit realm. So we can't see it, we can't feel it. It can see us, we can't see them. But that is where there is angels and demons and, and uh, fallen cherubs and all these different things. So let's further investigate Babylon. Revelation 17 verse 18 says this, The woman who you saw is the great city. So we see a woman sitting on a beast in chapter 17. 
But then here, the angel describes the interpretation. It is the woman is the great city which reigns over all the kings or over the kings of the earth. So people say, you know, Babylon must be some horrible, horrible nation like America because America is putting out so much filth and, and just turn on your TV and it's just sewer pouring out. There's so much filth coming out of Hollywood these days. And I mean, it, it does seem to make sense that, that some of these things do hit, um, that it's seducing people and things like that. It's a rich nation and things like that. but. Babylon is so much more. So we're going to prove that Babylon is definitely not America. Okay. Number one, it says it's a city. All right. The United States is not a city. It's a, it's a country. And also, United, it says it reigns over the kings of the earth. The United States is a sovereign, independent nation. It does not rule, have authority over the kings of the earth. But false religion does and has throughout all ages. And in particular, the great seven, the seven nations that we're going to read here in just a moment, they have had a uniting of government and religion. They've married government and religion to become so powerful. And that's kind of the secret of their power. And so the final age that we're about to get into here is going to be a marrying of, of world government and false religion to create the most powerful uh, government there has ever, ever been on, on the earth uh, under man's rule. So uh, the United States just does not qualify for that. The United States does not rule over the kings of the earth. It also, the United States does not attack and murder uh, God's prophets, but false religion throughout all ages has. Did you know, particularly the Catholics, which I believe is the essence or the greatest indicator of a false religion on earth today because it counterfeits the truth. It counterfeits true Christianity, claiming to be Christians when they are not. The Catholics killed during the, the Middle Ages as many as 50 million people on the low end, up to 150 million people. On the higher end, the papacies, all the popes, the popes killed more people than uh, more Christians than all of the, the Roman uh, emperors combined by far. The, the popes make Hitler blush. I mean, 50 million to 150 million. All right. Um, that's through all the ages. They have killed Christians, slaughtered Christians, hunted them down. And those records, a lot of them, if you ask that Catholics today, yeah, we did some bad stuff, but they'll put it in maybe the high hundreds of thousands or something. But you can look it up historically and do some research. It's in the multiple millions that the Catholics have hunted down and the true Christians, as well as Jews, as, as well as Muslims. So on the low end, it's probably 50 million Christians. On the high end, they've killed as many as 150 million people like Jews and Muslims and Christians combined. So they are the ones that murder God's prophets. The United States does not sit on many waters or peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues, but false religion, Roman Catholicism definitely does. The United States doesn't ride the beast, which is the beast with seven heads, which is a world government. The United States doesn't control the world government. The United Nations 
uh, is going to be the world government. And it is the woman that is going to be influencing what's happening to worship the world government, to worship the Antichrist. I believe it's the, the final, uh, the false prophet will be the final pope. And that he will cause all in the earth to take the mark of the beast and to worship world government. And so, um, even though world government is going to hate any type of fundamental uh, religion, so they will be united in that re false religion will make try to make the world worship um, world government. But world government is actually going to be antagonistic against fundamental religions, whether it's Christianity, Roman Catholicism, Judaism, Islam, it doesn't matter. The world governments are going to be against religion because the world government actually wants you to worship them as God. So they're going to hate all that proclaim any type of faith. So the harlot could not possibly be America. It just uh, This is talking about, and I can prove it here in Revelation chapter 17, verse 9 and 10. Here's the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads, you know, the woman's riding a beast with seven heads. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits, and they are seven kings. Five have fallen. One is, and the other is yet to come. And when he comes, he must remain a little while. So these, from the time of John, seven nations had already fallen. All right? This couldn't possibly be talking about the United States. Because, obviously, we weren't around in the time of John. That was over, two thousand, well, about 2,000 years ago. And so it is talking about something far, far, far more ancient than the United States. It's something that ruled over the earth, really going all the way back to the Tower of Babel. But John is particularly focusing on the seven, the seven-headed beast. And so we go back to the ancient kingdoms of Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome, and then in the final days, the seventh one will be a revised Rome that I'm, I believe is the United Nations. Second heaven is a, a literal city, but it's in the heavens. It's, it's a spiritual, unseen city. Literal, people say something spiritual is, is symbolic. No, spiritual means it's literal and real. Symbolic is, is a symbol which is a two completely different things. So there is a literal city called Babylon, unseen in the heavens, and it is from there that false religion has been propagated throughout the whole earth. And it thrives very well today, if you're, if you're paying attention at all. And, in, and so this thing is controlled by a spirit of Antichrist. Remember, the first rider on the first seal was, he was wearing white and had a white horse, had, had a, a bow with no arrows. Well, that's false religion. That's the, false, that's the spirit of Antichrist that has been around since the time of John. John mentioned it in the, his book of, of 1 John. The spirit of Antichrist was there then. So I believe the seal was opened then spiritually speaking, but we're also going to see something, a physical manifestation of a real man called Antichrist in the last days as well. So the whore, which is spiritual mystery of Babylon, the city has been around going way back to the time of Egypt. It's, it's actually gone back farther than that. We go all the way back to the Tower of Babel, but our focus is on she's riding this beast with seven heads. 
So she has had, false religion has had influence over these nations, Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, uh, Media, Persia, Greek, Rome, and the revised Rome. And then here's some more scripture that's going to focus it in even more. And I love this. I just found this recently. It's in Zechariah chapter 5, and I'll just go ahead and read it. Zechariah chapter 5, verse 5. It says, Then the angel who was speaking with me went out and said to me, Lift up now your eyes and see what this is going forth. And I said, What is it? And he said, This is the epaph going forth. Well, epaph is like a, a measurement, a dry measurement. And what's, what does that mean? Well, let's just keep reading. And he said, This is their appearance in all the land. And behold, a lead cover was lifted up. So there's a basket with a lead cover on it. And it's the size of an epaph, uh, which is a, a dry measure. I don't, I don't know how big it is. It's, it's pretty big. It's a lot of weight. So the lead cover was lifted up, and this is a woman sitting inside the epaph. And he said, this is wickedness. So I believe this is what we're, we've been talking about. This woman, which rides the beast, was revealed way back here in Zechariah chapter 5. The woman was basically being planted as we as we go on to read here in her spiritual city verse 9 it says then i lift up my eyes and looked and there two women there were two women who were coming with the wind in their wings and they had wings like the wings of a stork and they lifted up the epaph from between the earth and the heavens. This is important. Where is the epaph going? It's going between the earth and the heavens. Verse 10 says, And I said to the angel who was speaking to me, Where are they taking the epaph? And they said unto me, To build a temple for her in the land of Shinar. And when it is prepared, she will be set there on her own pedestal. Now, people have taken this to mean that it's literally going to go to the land of Shinar, which is on earth. But I believe it has more to it than that. It says she was lifted up between earth and heaven. I believe that that's where her place was. This is symbolic, but she is this woman that rides the beast. And where is that place between heaven and earth? It's called second heaven. And that's where spiritual Babylon is, a place called Second Heaven, which is right above the earth that if we could see into the spirit realm, we could look up there and see the city above us. And, and that's there's all kinds of stuff above us throughout the whole planet Earth. It is not the heaven of God's heaven, which is the third heaven of God's throne. Satan and all his dominion, all his evil spirits have been cast out of that. They dwell in a place called Second Heaven, where, where he, Satan is ruler of this earth. He's the god of this earth. But it talks about that they will be cast down in the book of Revelation. There will be a war in heaven, and Michael and his angels will cast down Satan from that place in Second Heaven, and they'll be on, on the earth for the final three and a half years. Some people uh, cite Isaiah chapter th 13, thinking that someday... The city of Babylon, which is over there in Iraq on the earth, or Saddam Hussein was, you know, 
that one day that's going to be a great city, that the Antichrist is going to rule from there. Well, I have to disagree with that. Let me read out of Isaiah 13, verse 19, mostly because of all the stuff I've just said. But I'll read a little bit out of Isaiah 13. It also talks about Babylon and gives us some insight into, into some of the things going on here. In Babylon, the beauty of the kingdoms, the glory of the Chaldeans' pride will be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. So now we're going to talk about the judgment of false religion, the, the judgment uh, that we're reading over there in Revelation 18. It, this, this spiritual city, will never be inhabited inhabited or lived in from generation to generation. Okay? Nor will the Arab pitch his tent there, nor will the shepherds make their flocks lie down there, but desert creatures will lie down there. Their houses will be full of owls, ostriches, also will, will live there, and shaggy goats will frolic there. Hyenas will howl in their fortified towers and jackals in their luxurious palaces. Her faithful time also will soon come and her days will not be prolonged. Okay. You have to realize when we, when we leave this earth, we are going to be called kings and priests, you know, Christians. Those are believers. And we will rule with Jesus over the earth. Well, where will we rule? The place of rulership is in that place called second heaven. That, that's where the devil and his demons and angels and so forth, a lot, a lot of their power uh, resides right there, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. That's who they are. They're sitting in that place in second heaven. Well, they're going to be ejected. They're going to be cast out, cast down to the earth, cast into the lake of fire eventually. And we, God's people, will sit in that place. And so that place is just as real. As, as the earth that we walk on now, it will be to us when, when we're spiritual beings or we can traverse between spirit and this physical world. And so that is a real world. And it's got, you know, trees and animals and water and a lot of the stuff, a lot of the features we saw on the, see on the planet Earth today, the physical Earth. So he's talking about that that spiritual place will be abandoned. It will be destroyed. And so we're going to read that destruction of Babylon here in just a moment. And that happens because of out of Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 through 9. And I'm not going to read it, but there is war in heaven and Michael cast the devil out of that second heaven place. And that's in the final three and a half years where the devil and, and the fallen cherub known as the beast will be cast to the earth. And I believe the fallen cherub um, called the beast is going to in, in, uh, possess the man known as the Antichrist. That is my theory anyway. But let's keep reading. In Revelation chapter 18, this is an awesome verse. So uh, it says, I heard a voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, so that you will not participate in her sins and receive of her plagues. So there's a, a spiritual place on in the heavens that's unseen but then on the earth there's the manifestation of it of that that influence that power which is false religion and so false religion has spread all over the entire earth and so how are you gonna if false religions everywhere how are you going to come out of her as it tells god is instructing his people to come out of false religion how are you going to do that well i believe the only way to do that is this has to be a rapture verse. It says, I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people, so that, so that you will not participate in her sins, 
false religion's sins and receive of her plagues. She's about to be judged. And so God is rapturing his people before he pours out his wrath on the earth. He's, he's, he's removing his people so that they can escape and not take part in her sin or her judgment, her plagues. Okay, so this is the rapture, one of the rapture verses. There's four narratives in the book of Revelation, and this is one of one of them. Revelation 17, 18, and 19, and the rapture is in all four narratives. And so here it is, God's people, and it happens to line up with the other three narratives, the Revelation chapter 18, verse 4, uh, the same exact timing of when uh, the rapture happens, like in Revelation 11, where the uh, the two witnesses are raptured off the earth. Same same timing as this. Um, same timing as the harvest in Revelation 14, verses 14 through 16, where there's the harvest where Jesus comes and reaps the harvest. That's the, that's the rapture as well. So this is an awesome verse. This is the rapture so that we will not partake. In, and God says he will never pour out his wrath on his children. So we will not partake of the wrath of God. Um, Revelation 18, let me keep reading in verse 7, it says, To the degree that she glorified herself and lived sensuously, to the same degree give her torment and mourning. For she says in her heart, I sit a queen, I am not a widow. So she, you know, boasts of her power, her rulership, her authority. Uh, false religion thinks that I, I'm, I'm a god, basically. And I am not a widow. Um... I am married to the kings of the earth and the men of great wealth and power and rulers and uh, military power and so forth. And I will never see mourning, she says. But God pronounces a judgment in verse 8. For this reason, in one day, her plagues will come and pestilence and mourning and famine, and she will be burned up with fire for the Lord God who judges her is strong. So this city... In, in the spiritual realm will be judged in one day. It'll be destroyed in one day, but also on the earth, it'll happen too. God will judge, I believe, uh, the Vatican to be the main place. But throughout all the earth, I believe many of the central locations of false religions will be destroyed in a single day. God will pour out his wrath. And how will it go? Will it go with flooding? God said he'll, he'll never flood the earth again. It'll be with fire. It says burning with fire, pestilence and famine all in a single day. So God will judge the spiritual city so that it will never be inhabited again. And God will judge the physical earth with fire. Then it says in verse 20, Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you saints and apostles and prophets, because God has pronounced judgment for you against her. Uh, I, I rejoice, rejoice in heaven. Why? Because she's been destroyed in heaven, and now uh, God's rulership can be set out, over, set over all the earth from that spiritual place of second heaven, where we will rule and reign with Christ Jesus over all the earth um, for the next thousand years. So now all the devils and demons and fallen angels have been cast down. The false prophet and the Antichrist have been cast into the lake of fire. The judgment and the wrath of God has come. And so that's why it's talking about rejoice, because now God is taking over the earth. So so that's that's kind of the essence of, of Revelation chapter 18. 
Um, and the only way that you can avoid the wrath of, the wrath of God is to be born again. Um, you must be born again. And so Jesus talked about that in uh, John chapter 3. And how do you be born again? It just means put your whole faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Savior and as Lord. He's the only one that can save you from the wrath that is to come. And to be saved from God's wrath, you must be born again. You, and so uh, that means you don't fear the Antichrist and death and all these things. That's, that's nothing compared to the wrath of God. Uh, what's going to happen in the earth is the wrath of Satan. But after that, God's going to rapture his people off the earth and pour out his wrath on the earth. And so you want to be in that crowd. You want to be born again. Uh, so just call out on the Lord right now and say, Lord, save me. Forgive me of my sins. I want to make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of my life. Let him sit on the throne of my heart and fill me. Fill me with you. Fill me with your spirit. I ask in Jesus' name. If you pray that prayer and you meant it from your heart, please let me know. You can go to thomastaylorministries.org, hit the contact form, and let me know you did that. You can also visit me at wormwoodastroid.com to learn more about the Wormwood Prophecy. I do have one more part in this series. We're going to be talking uh, about Revelation chapter 19, which finishes up this vision that John is having, particularly about false religion and the judgment of false religion. Next time, we're going to get into the marriage supper of the Lamb. So we just finished up looking at the whore. Now we're going to get into the pure, clean Lamb's wife, lamb's bride, which is the church, which has been washed clean, raptured from the earth, and we're going to see a wedding ceremony. It's going to be awesome. So join us for that next time. With that, I want to let you know we love you. God bless you.